John chapter four. Let's continue talking about true worship, true worship today. You ready for some true worship? Uh, John chapter four. Let's begin and read our text. Jesus again was speaking with this woman at the well. And uh, he said here, uh, the scripture said here, the woman said to him, verse 19, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Uh, and of course, that was stated because he had been reading her mail, as we call it sometimes, be, be, began to speak by revelation concerning her previous marriages and so forth and the personal stuff going on in her life. Verse 20, our fathers worshiped on this mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers, everybody say true worshipers, will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Praise God. And so you can see there, God being spirit must be worshipped on that level. It's a spiritual exercise. Unless we engage spiritually with the Lord, then we have not truly connected with or honored or worshipped the Father. Okay? Last week we were talking about worship being intimacy with God. And it's one of the most intimate times we can have with the Lord. That is our expression of worship. It happens both in the denial of our flesh. It happens in our resisting temptation. It happens when we step out in faith, putting a requirement, a demand on the power of God, the resources of God to come through for us and provide for our lives. All these things honor and worship God. Also then, he is. Uh, this comes into play when we lift our hands when we voice our adoration and honor to Him. These things are a time of intimacy with God. It's not, it's not intimate in, this, in the sense of how we describe physical intimacy because it's a spiritual relationship. It's nothing about the flesh. It's, as we can see, it's spirit and truth, not flesh and lie. And and, uh, and and it's it's a spiritual thing that includes the soul, of course, your mind, your will, your emotions are are involved in that. Even when we have the beat going on this morning, you know, the the rhythm of the music and the, those things. How many know those register with the soul and it's fine for the soul that, you know, your mind, will and emotions to be engaged in. And activated, involved in worship, but ultimately it is to this point that we engage spiritually with God and not limit it to the body or the soul. Uh, but this is an intimate time of worship with God. And, and it's interesting to me as we read this passage that it doesn't say God is seeking after he's looking for worship, but rather he is looking for those who those people, those individuals who will worship him on this level or in this way. You see, it's not just about the event or the activity. It's about the heart of the person. God wants to be with you. He wants to relate and have intimacy with you, not just get you to do a couple things that looks good from his viewpoint. 
Not just to act a certain way, but he wants your heart. Remember, remember, Jesus called his, his disciples first and foremost to be with him and then to go out and preach. Uh, God's assignment for your life, for mine, his calling upon our lives is first and foremost to be with him, not just to comply to his, with his commands. Everybody with me? It's, it starts with a relationship. Outside of that, then we intermingle religion and requirement and, and le, uh, legalities and all this stuff. We put that on ourselves and it often removes the full and, and original intention of God's creation of us. Like I said before, uh, He created us for His pleasure. In other words, He wanted to. He wanted to be in a relationship with us. And so this is why this true worship that we're talking about is so very important. He wants relationship. Now, uh, sometimes you can, you can liken this unto individuals who fall in love with the idea of marriage. Sometimes single people, they, they, they say, I just want to be married. Well, that's, uh, that's really not the, 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 Main reason why someone should pursue that relationship. They should be in love with a person. How many know that's true? And, and, and it, that person should be more important than that, than that, re, that leads to the marriage relationship, not just being in love with the idea of marriage. And we shouldn't just be in love with the idea of church, love with the idea of a, of an outward, um, demonstration of what we refer to as worship, but we should be in love with God. We should be in love with the Lord. The absence of that makes everything else futile. It just makes everything else, you know, ritual and rote. And we did the job and we sang the song and, and, and we acted a certain way. But it, it, I don't ever want it to, to lack that, that, that personal love relationship with the Father. Uh, many times what we have today is, is people are worshiping, but the Father is not the object of that worship. So, oh, I just love to worship. Well... That could be idolatry. <laughs> How many know if the, if the wrong thing is the object of, of worship, then that's not a good thing. Worship isn't good all by itself. But worshiping the Father is good. And worshiping Him the right way is a good thing. Galatians 5 calls idolatry a work of the flesh. Yeah. That means sometimes when people, they say, I just love to worship. That means, that, again, sometimes it reveals that their flesh is involved. And that's contrary to worshiping in spirit. We'll come back to that a little bit, a little bit later. But what if, you know, um, if you saw a friend, let's say you stopped by a friend's house and he didn't answer the door. So you, you knew that person well. So you started peeking in windows and, uh, you know, I mean, not a stranger or someone, but don't, don't do that. That's probably not a good thing. It could get shot or something. Um, but you know, a close friend and, and, and you knew them well and they weren't answering the door. You knew they were supposed to be home. Uh, and, uh, and so you start looking in the windows thinking maybe they just didn't hear or the doorbell's broken or something going on. And, uh, and when you looked in there, you went around the back and you peeked in the window and you saw, uh, this, you saw that into their, uh, 
uh, into one of their rooms and they had all kinds of candles lit and they had this little idol sitting in the middle of their room and they were uh, they were paying homage to this idol and they were bowing down and then they'd get up and do a little dance around it and and uh, and there was smoke and weird smells coming out of the room and and uh, and you started banging on the window and said hey what are you doing and, you know and if he finally let you in uh, um, and you said, hey, what's going on? This is kind of bizarre. He said, oh, don't worry about it. It's just a little, just a little idol worship. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, no big deal. I'm still a Christian. I still love the Lord. Just, you know, trying some things out here and just seeing what it would produce. How many would be concerned about this uh, friend of yours? I'm talking about this is a believing friend. I'm not talking about someone in the world you're trying to witness to. Because then, you, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe they do that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but you would be a, uh, you would have great concern for their relationship with God, wouldn't you? You think something went off track here. <laughs> so something's not right about this person's relationship with God at church. They're worshiping the Lord. And then I come here and they're doing this stuff. What's ha- what's happening here? And uh, uh, I think most of us would be concerned about that. We think that, that there's a problem. But what if what if you. Um, Stumbled upon, you know, a friend and you, you knew they were, a, they were a believer and they had a relationship with God and they would worship the Lord. But one day you stumbled upon them and you found that they were putting all their priority into work. Well, what if you found that they were spending all their time worshiping the one, you know, the one eyed monster, <laughs> the TV? What if you what if you found they were putting all of their time and energy and money and everything into something else in life? Would you have the same concern? You know, would you say, wow, I mean, wow, you dude, you need to pull back here. Something is going on. Something's really wrong here. Oftentimes we would say, oh, that's just normal. You know, people get caught up in stuff. You know how people get caught up in worshiping idols and it's just kind of a normal part. A lot of Christians fall into that Satan worship and, and uh, you know, not a big deal. I'm sure they'll get over it. See, I think I think so what sometimes we what we have done is we see some of these things as, ah, you know, horrible. That would be terrible. But what may exist in our own life and what could be really categorized as idolatry uh, is 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 very you know lightly looked upon, and and, and some of you you know not really happy right now because I, I, you think I'm calling you an idolater because you spend all your time doing certain natural things and God is distant from your life and and you're right, <laughs> Hallelujah, but someone had to love you enough to tell you, I mean your friends wouldn't they they've been creeping around your house and. <laughs> Looking in the windows of your life and they saw all this kind of stuff going on and and, uh, and they didn't say anything. But I'm here to tell it to you straight. And I do it in the crowd so it's not too awkward. One thing to be one on one, that's a little more difficult. You know, the Bible tells us in Exodus 34, one of the one of the uh, Ten Commandments, it, it was you shall worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Isn't that interesting? We, we've been talking about last week some about how uh, the worship relationship is likened unto a marriage relationship. And there, how there's some comparisons and similarities there. And, and then, then we see when God mentioned idol worship or worshiping other gods, 
which really are no gods, of course, but worshiping other gods. Uh, he, he says it in this sense. My name is jealous. Well, where do you see the word jealous really fit when it's it's not a fleshy thing or something to be resisted? It's in the context of a marriage relationship. When a husband and wife have covenant together, lifelong commitments, if there's a if there's a, a breakage of that commitment, that's when jealousy and those kind of things are the real thing and they're godly. Are you listening? And this is why God says about the person who will worship other gods, He said, don't you know one of my names? is Capital J. Jealous. Because when you give a, your life to the Lord and you have a covenant relationship with Him, it is totally improper to worship anything else. It's wrong. It's unacceptable. Praise the Lord. Let's talk a little bit about spirit and truth. Jesus mentioned those things in this verse, that we should worship in spirit and truth. Talk about truth. Uh, we can never really, truly worship God if there is anything false about us. If there is anything uh, fake, if there is any pretend, that doesn't get through to the Lord. Truth can be uh, looked at in a couple of ways, but one is phony balonies don't get into the presence of God. It's because He sees all and He knows all. And above anything else, we must be genuine and truthful in our hearts when we approach Him. You might be a fake with others. You, yeah, I don't mean to, I'm not encouraging that or saying it's okay, but uh, you might be fake with others. You might be able to pull the wool over someone's eyes. You might be able to sell, you know, ice to an Eskimo or something and, you know, do the, and have some great skill in persuading people when it comes to the Lord. The only thing that gets in, the only thing that works is complete transparency and openness and honesty. Because I tell you, he sees it anyway. And he knows more than any other person on the planet would know if, if you're being real with him. And if you ever find yourself putting on, if you ever find yourself doing something supposedly in honor and worship to the Lord, but it's really for someone else or with some other ulterior motive, stop right there. You know, I mean, we ha we have a we have a graphic story of of individuals in Acts chapter five who came in the the assembly of the believers. They had been worshiping God. The move of God was in the house. The presence of the Lord was there, and some people came with some phony baloney, right? Lying about their offerings, lying about what they were and how much and all this kind of stuff. And two people, a husband and wife, who came in at different times. I guess they drove separately to church. I don't know. Uh, uh, they came in at separate times. You know what both ha happened with both of them is they they fell out dead, and then the youth had a dead burying activity after church. Did so the youth came out and buried them, and, uh, and but that's interesting. No fake before God. The closer you are, the stronger the manifest presence of God is. The more necessary and essential it is for us to be the real thing. As with any intimate relationship, openness and honesty are keys. But we can see this as well, that if, I, if we are going to worship the Lord in truth, what is truth? 
Well, we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So we can see our true worship, the way we can uh, genuinely worship the Lord, is always going to be revolving around Jesus. Leave Jesus out, there is no worship. Leave Jesus out, there is no true connection with God. Leave Jesus out, there is no forgiveness of sins. Hmm. Some say, what about other, what about other religions? I don't care about other religions. It's all, that's, it's, everything is the same outside of Jesus. God doesn't look upon the earth and see all these different religions. Well, which one's right? Which one's the best? It's either you're sinful or you're forgiven. You're either lost, I'm either separated from God, or I've accepted what He did to bring me back together with the Lord. It's not about religion. It's not about being a part of this group or that group. It's about being a part of His plan. Nothing else, on the, nothing else in this world will provide a cure, will provide a fix for the sinful condition of the spirit of man. Only one thing provides a person to have life inside and to be born again. There are dead religious activities going on all over the world now. What is it? It's all nothing. It doesn't mean anything. But when someone is reconnected with the Lord by their spirit being born again, in other words, worship begins with Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. John 17 and verse 17, 17, 17, Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So if I'm going to worship the Lord in truth, I should have understanding of and a large quantity of the word of God in my heart. When His Word is planted in my heart, I, when His Word has caused my mind to be renewed, I will see things in line with the way He sees things. The more I see that's true, the more I've removed deception and false ideas from my life, the more I can enter in to worship Him. The more I don't know, you know, the more I don't have to worship Him with. It's one of the reasons we seek truth. Not just so we can pat ourselves on the back and say, I know this, this, and this. Knowledge puffs up, love edifies. But I seek truth so I can walk closer and in greater union with the Lord. So I can worship Him on a higher level. Praise God. You can see how this is the case uh, with uh, elements of of a person's life when they believe something false, not intentionally, I'm saying, but they believe something false about God, let's say, having to deal with some struggles that they've gone through in their life. They believe that the Father is behind it. He's the author of it. That's going to hinder their love and relationship for Him. If I think God is the one who smote me, how am I then going to embrace Him and worship Him and draw near to Him? Why would I draw near to someone who, who, who might smack me down? So, me seeing the Father in truth is essential 
to draw near and close to Him. And if I believe things about Him, that He uh, wants ill will for my life or something of that nature, then I will not. My heart will say, "Uh uh-uh. There will always be a hesitation to get real close with Him. When you have an understanding of the love of God, how He loves you, how He wants to embrace you and lift your life up, I tell you, that revelation of truth will draw you close. You will want to reach out. You will want to worship and adore and praise Him. But if things have been said about uh, about what has happened, you know, I, I talked to a, a man uh, recently, and his... Uh, not not someone in our in our church here, but his his wife had died a num- quite a few years ago, nine years ago, of of cancer, and I, and I asked him, I said, so what, 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 where are you at with God? And I didn't know him very well at all. I just said, so where are you at with the Lord? Where where where, where are you at with God? It was my way of trying to bring up the subject, and he said, I'm still I'm still mad at him. I said, well, he didn't have anything to do with that, with your wife dying. He said, that's not what they, that's not what everyone said. I said, well, everyone was wrong. And I thought, what, what, what a sad scenario. He was around people. He was around Christians, probably, that told him this is God's plan. This was his, this was his doing. You just can't understand it. You just, you know, all this kind of stuff that gets made up. And this was God's will for your wife. And you know what he's doing? He's been mad at God for at least nine years. He said, I'm not quite as mad now. He said, doing a little bit, a little bit better. I said, well, listen, that, you know, God had, didn't have anything to do with that. His believing something that's not true, and it's not true. We could take all day long and talk about this. Not true keeps him from being close with the Lord. You, you, you remember when Peter, after they had this load of fish, and he comes ashore, uh, comes ashore and Jesus is standing there. He says, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. See, he didn't know what Jesus was about. He saw that God was on the scene with the miraculous display of his power. And he said, Get, he said go away from me. He didn't know that the love of God was drawing him near, not there to condemn him for his sinfulness, but to forgive him and lift him up. And that belief about the Lord pushed him, made him want to stay away. You know why some people want to stay away from us? Because they think we're, they're wrong, but they think we're about condemning. They think we're about pointing out their sin and saying you're a rascal, when the reality is we want to say, no, the Lord loves you anyway. And the Lord wants to forgive and lift and, and rebuild your life. And, and it's not about where you've come from. It's about where you're going. And so truth is essential. We must have revelation of truth. The more we have, the more we can really worship the Lord. Colossians 3.16. Colossians chapter 3 and 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you poorly. Right? No, no. What? Richly. What's rich? A lot of it. An abundance of it. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another. Look. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. 
How am I going to sing and worship and praise and glorify Him? When there's a rich deposit of His Word in me. When there's a, and Jesus said, Thy Word is truth. When there's a rich deposit of truth in me, I have the ability to reach out, to express, to honor, to glorify and worship the Lord. Yeah. Let that be some of your some of your motivation. I know truth makes us free. There's a lot of things we can say about that subject, but let it be some of your motivation at least. The reason I want to learn, reason I want to know, reason I want to understand is so I can worship God better. So I can draw closer to him. So there's no lies in me. There's no fake and no, nothing in me that would, that would hold me back. That would keep me away from the full expression of my love for him. And being able to enjoy and, 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 and walk with him very, very closely. Praise God. And so our praises should be filled with the word of God. Again, truth has to do with nothing false, nothing fake, nothing done with ulterior motives. Um, I, I know this when, when my wife was... Uh, she was not my wife at the time, but she was uh, when she were first went to college and she started looking, um, visiting different churches around the area uh, uh, so she could have a good local church while she was in college, which is, of course, very important. And uh, one of the things that she was kind of annoyed with <laughs> and kind of troubled her is that she would go into different churches, and some of them small. And, and, and so it, if, if you go into a small church, it's, if you're a visitor in a small church, you can't hide. I mean, I know that. We started, and we started with hardly anyone. And there was, there was a new visitor, and everyone went, Hey, new people! <laughs> now it's a little easier. People kind of, you don't really know. And, uh, but she, uh, and some of them small, and some of them large. But what, what happened, uh, what she would tell me, she said, I'd go into some of these places... Uh, some of these churches and and guys would immediately go whoop. single guys saw you know the new crop I don't know coming in school starting and and they're immediately talking to her and you know and she knew what was there kind of coming on to her that way and she was so annoyed with it uh, not that she you know because basically her heart was this I just want to worship God I, I just want to go to church you ever found that? I just want to go to church. I mean, there's a time for looking for a mate, and that wasn't it, because it wasn't me. And, uh, and I'm not saying people can't, you know, connect in church. It's a great place to meet someone. But how many know it's, church should be a lot, lot, biggest part? It's about, I want to go there and be able to worship God and not be concerned about some of these things. Amen. You know, sometimes uh, people in, in business, people have businesses, and they... Uh, you know, they, they see their church as an opportunity for new clients. Uh, that can be a serious hindrance to worship. It really can. You know, sometimes people, uh, you know, in, in things like multi-level uh, situations, which can be great, which can be great businesses, and, and, and I don't have anything against them at all. But sometimes I've heard of individuals. I, I, it's, in fact, it's happened to me before. <laughs> You know, I'm invited over to someone's house, and I think they just want to be friends. But shortly into the night, here come the circles. <laughs> here come the, the, the presentation. And, you know, I would be totally open to that, you know, if I, if I knew I was getting into it. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, sometimes we want to avoid people thinking that... that uh, 
that they want something from us as opposed to we're just here to worship God. Everybody okay? Church gatherings should be a place of safety. It's a place of, a place of truth. Not wondering what someone's motive might be in meeting you. Amen, amen. You know, the scripture also said there, Jesus said, worship in spirit. There's a lot that can be said about that. Obviously, truth can be easily contrasted with lies or false, true, false. Spirit, what would that be contrasted with? Well, flesh would be the immediate opposite. You can, if Jesus said the Father is looking for those who will worship in spirit, then obviously he wouldn't be seeking those who are worshiping in flesh. Think about this. Jesus is talking to this woman about the new way uh, of worship. You Jews say you got to worship in Jerusalem. We say you should worship on this mountain. He said, no, new system coming in right now. And it's called spirit and truth. What is the difference between person worshiping in the old covenant and a person worshiping the, in the new covenant? Old way, new way. I tell you, the primary difference there, I mean, aside from, of course, we could say Jesus is the center of it all. Uh, but Jesus, but the difference in our worship has to do with the, the Holy Spirit. We now have as individual believers in the new covenant, the spirit of God in us, upon us, around us. And he gets engaged with us in our worship. So what we don't want to do is worship outside of the the involvement of, the leading of, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because if we do, then we have an Old Testament, Old Covenant mindset, which is far less than what we have today. And so if I'm going to worship in spirit, of course, you know, it's like the Bible says about, uh, about speaking in tongues in 1 Corinthians 14. The Amplified Bible says it this way, that... Our spirit, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit speaks. So there's a real close connection. If I'm going to worship in spirit, which is born again spirit, as opposed to in this place or that place. I'm going to worship in spirit, born again spirit, anointed, led and influenced by the Holy Spirit. He'll, he's the spirit of truth. He'll lead us into all the truth. He's the one who will anoint us. And it's this that makes a, a really big difference. We can worship on a much higher level. Praise God. And so w when you talk about this now, people can't be forced into true worship because that would almost be like an unto rape or something. Right. We must want to glorify him. It's not forced. It's led. The devil wants to drive you, wants to pressure you, wants to push you into stuff. The Spirit of God wants to lead you. He is a dove, he's like a dove. He's a gentle spirit. He wants to lead you into the presence of God. And so Jesus, again, then wasn't telling this woman, um, what, uh, or what he was telling her was not... It, that it's not about where you worship, but about how you worship in spirit and truth. 
Remember, we said the first week we're exhorted to pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting everywhere, not in Jerusalem, not on this mountain. You know, it's like the, the, the when people used to talk about being filled with the spirit and they say, you just need to wait. You just need to tarry. I don't know if you've any, any of you ever heard, ever heard that teaching. Uh, many denominations or spirit-filled denominations, you know, they would say you need to tarry to receive the Holy Spirit. And some people would be tarrying or waiting for many years, waiting to receive the Holy Spirit. Because, the, you know, because Jesus told the disciples, tarry ye in Jerusalem, King James, tarry ye in Jerusalem uh, for the promise of the Father. And, uh, but what they forgot is in their waiting that they had to wait in Jerusalem. That's what he said. You have to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. And they were waiting outside of Jerusalem. That was their problem. Right? (laughs) Well, the problem was the Holy Spirit had already come, so you don't need to wait anymore. You can be filled with the Spirit today. See, this is a new covenant compared to old covenant. We come into the new covenant. It's no longer now about location. It's no longer about those physical things. It's about a spiritual relationship. It's about what's happening in the spirit. And all of our stuff that we do outwardly, anything we do up here that has to do with, you know, lights and music and different instruments and sounds and, you know, moving things on the screen and all that. uh, That's not worship. That's external. That's done to help a person in their soul to use it as a vehicle. It's done in part because some of you are new here. And some of you have been checking this thing out and you've come and you and we hope you stay long enough to engage your spirit. And in the meantime, if it looks cool, if it sounds excellent, Maybe you'll just enjoy yourself and won't run out on the first song. If it's just enjoyable, there's a good atmosphere, it's uplifting. It's those kind of things that can be positive. But my desire is that everyone would stick around long enough. And I don't mean it has to take a long time, but for some it does and others it doesn't. Long enough to where it would stop being about what I see It would stop being about some of these externals and it would engage me internally where my spirit is moved and I have a connection with God and bam, now the other stuff, it's secondary. But for some in the initial stages, it's first dairy. (laughs) But eventually it becomes secondary. Amen. And if it hasn't gotten that way to you, if it's, if it's still all about the sights and sounds, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Because there'll come a time when you'll, you'll close your eyes. Not because it's the religious thing to do, but because you're less distracted. I don't mean that's a requirement to close your eyes, but you'll find it, it'll help sometimes to be less distracted by all the sights and different things. Because I'm just focused on Him. We want to worship in spirit. Many times today, people are still looking to outward things to worship God. The right beat. They're looking at entertainment. And, and, and you know, entertainment, fine. You know, it's fine. Whatever it is, it is what it is. But for the true worshiper, entertainment is not even in the picture. They don't care about that. They'll say, well, someone will say, well, why don't we just dumb it down then? 
You know, just a. You don't need any instruments, no lights. We'll just have a a medium gray painted room, and no, you know, nothing else. Why why don't we do that? Because then we could really worship God. Well, (laughs) maybe you could. You know what? I could. I could. I'd get over the gray and the ugly. I'd close my eyes and I could worship God. And I don't doubt that many of you could. But how many know we're also trying to reach the world? And also, here's the other side. God does believe in excellence. In heaven, it's not going to be medium gray because it's all spirit. It's going to be, I mean, amazing. You know, you read the scriptures about what it says and it's going to blow our minds in sights and sounds. But all, it's all going to come back to this. It's all about relationship with the Lord. Well, praise God. Someone say, well, it doesn't really matter how you worship as long as you worship. You know, it's the all roads lead to Rome. Uh, no, it really does matter how. Truth and spirit need to be involved in this. When we'll, when we'll do things that way, we'll be led by the spirit. Um, we're not just bringing our own beliefs into it. Not just bringing our own ways into it. It's all about him. He's the object and focus of our worship. Amen. I have more to say. Y'all going to come back next week? <laughs> uh, we'll get into, into, into some more of this. Uh, praise God. We'll pick up there and talk a little bit more about spirit, spiritual worship. And uh, I believe it will help us to walk and walk closely with the Lord and relate to Him. Amen. Father, we love you today. We're so thankful for your presence, for your spirit upon us. We're so thankful for your goodness. Lord, we love you. We, we serve you with all of our hearts. We do. Father, thank you for your, your forgiveness. If we've done things wrong or we've been fake or phony or whatever, you're merciful and you're kind, so we're not cast out. But Lord, we draw our hearts near to you in truth and honesty, openness before you. Thank you for working in our lives, working in our hearts to will and to do of your good pleasure. Father, reveal to us, I pray, yourself more and more, again and again, truth that makes free so we can worship you honestly and completely. We can worship you the way you ought to be worshipped. You're worthy of our praise. Thank you for drawing hearts near and drawing them close today. Thank you, Lord, that your spirit moves beyond our sights and sounds and, and the things that we do. Your spirit works in the hidden places. Your love flows to the, to the greatest need. And you help and you lift and you restore and you bring people into a place of healing and restoration. Father, for those suffering today with relational deals, they got their emotions are all over the place right now. They've been hurt. Got chaos going on in their life. Touch them now. May your love surround them and fill them. May they be healed and restored back to you now. Thank you for working in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God.